Assalamu alaikum. You are listening to Mommy Well Muslim, a podcast designed with the Muslim American parent in mind, addressing how to raise Muslim American kids born into a post 9 11 world. We will cover topics ranging from potty training to politics, and no topic is off limits. Along with our expert guests, we'll discuss what's new in the Muslim American diaspora or just what's new at our own kitchen tables. Join us, Zeba Hassan and Uzma Jaffrey, who have a combined eight kids and 25 years of parenting experience, as well as just enough crazy between them while they pioneer this journey we call Mommy, Mommy Wall Muslim. Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mommy Wall Muslim. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to get your kids ready for Ramadan. This is our one of our Ramadan specials, and I have a very special guest coming in, actually my mommy guru, Nadia Khan. She has, let me get this right now, she has seven kids ranging from college to how old is the younger one now, Nadia? He just turned one and a half. Oh my God, 18 months, which is like the best age possible. So if anyone's going to know about like how to get your family prepared and be as efficient, and she's a working mom too, mm-hmm. by the way, like she's a lawyer. Um, so if anybody is going to try to like give us some tips on how to like survive Ramadan as a family, she's my go-to person to talk to about that. Welcome, Nadia. We're so glad to have you. Assalamualaikum, everybody. I'm so excited to be here and just to talk to both of you, because I think we all probably have, you know, good tips. We have to do. We, it's like literally one of those things where I have to say every year, I'm just going to be honest and put it out there. I anticipate it in a positive and negative way. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's one of those things that once I'm in it and, you know, I love the spirituality piece, but part of like the stress of dealing with everything as a mom is very, a lot harder than when you were just fasting for yourself. I'm curious, why is it so stressful? It just, uh, the sleep deprivation, because I'm not one of those that go to sleep afterwards. You know, I'm probably working on two to three hours of sleep. I'm not uh, a fun, nice fasting person, <laughs> as like my kids like to say. They're like, aren't you supposed to be like nicer during Ramadan? No, I'm evil. Yeah, oh. And I'm just going to totally own the fact that I am. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I have the spiritual enlightenment, like there's nor coming out of me. No, <laughs> I'm mean. You're angry, I'm angry all, the time. all day long. I don't have coffee. I don't go back to sleep after Sahar. So it's just one of those things where my day is a very long day. So I'm just throwing it out there for the people that more, you know, I, I, I'm not one of those that gets excited about it until I'm in it. And after I'm done, I'm super thankful and feel blessed, but I'm not one of those that get excited about it. I'm just going to be honest about that. Nadia, what about you? I'm with Zeba in that I feel <laughs> like once it starts and you, I think once you get past the first week, you're in your groove. Of yes. Whatever state you're in, it's just, it is what it is. But even right now before our recording, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to make it easier? And so it's anticipation and that list of, you know, there's certain things I could be doing to make my life easier. What are they? Will they even work? Is it just in my head? So that plus the kids, honestly, if it was just me, I can deal with it, but kids and running the house and working and all of that. um, I like my sleep too. 
because they have fun with you on that. And I think because both of y'all have kids that actually fast, it's, it's probably even way more stressful for you guys. Yeah, you I don't have that it yet. Special so. for them, right? So you're like, sure. For me, it would be like, okay, I'll just drink water, maybe have a bowl of oatmeal, and I'm good. But they're like, you know, you you are anticipating like how are they going to get through this 18 hour day, right? And study and do all those things. I feel like mothers carry more of the emotional responsibility for that and making it special, you know, and, and, and not wanting to fail. And then you're cooking again for iftar and for dinner. And, you know, so it definitely becomes a little bit of a challenge versus if it was just myself. I think you're doing more psychological as well as physical support now, because it's not just your body you're worried about. Exactly. So, so, so Nadia, because you do have the older kids that now I think I'm assuming your older two are kind of fasting on their own versus you having to get them up. Are you still getting them up? Like, what's your daily routine? How do you do this? What we were talking about, you know, there have been days if I were was on my own, you know, with no kids where, you know, I don't get up for suhoor. Like, I might miss the alarm. Yes. <laughs> totally. Or I might just make it up to, like, get some water and pray and then go back to bed. That can't happen because if I don't figure out what's going on in the morning at my house. Nobody's eating. Everyone's fast is either going to be skipped or it's going to be terrible. So that's all on me. So yes, I do get up. Um, they, I just basically call their name like, Hey, it's time to get up, come down and they get up right away. Well, most of them do most of the time, but I usually get up a good 45 minutes before everybody else. Hence the chronic sleep deprivation, right? Yes. You kind of have to just know that you're going to be sleepy. You're just going to be sleepy for a month and there's nothing you can do. The whole month. Yes. And the thing is, Zeba, you don't even take a nap, do you? I don't. I'm not a napper. Oh, I'm a napper. I schedule naps in Ramadan, so I will nap. I'm going to crash at 3 p.m. I will be on the couch. Everybody leave on me alone until iftar time. Yeah, see, I don't. I'm literally up the entire day and I work on four hours of sleep. But why? I cannot fall asleep. I've never been a napper. Like, I think like a handful of times that I've napped, I've woken up more evil than when I was awake. So it's just (laughs) better for everybody if I just get it done. You know, like, okay, I'll just sleep when I sleep and then call it a day. So it it definitely does take a physical toll on my my body, right? So then at the end of it, I'm definitely, I'm not going to lie, I'm definitely more relieved and excited when Eid comes around because I'm like, oh my God, I just want (laughs) to sleep in. I just want to sleep. And that's the issue. So do you do uh, either one of you? Like, do you guys prep like the night before and like set up or like, how do you make it? easier and especially you both of you like uh, Osma you're a doctor and Nadia you're a lawyer getting up and knowing I have to physically get ready for work afterwards like what do you do so for the food part first of all I need to know what everyone's going to eat yeah okay because I know this might sound like coddling but this year they have school in the morning and so I don't really expect them to get up and make everything. We don't have anything elaborate. It's going to be like instant pot oatmeal, scrambled eggs, um, maybe French toast, but I would soak it at night, you know, just, and when I say soak it, I'm talking about throwing it in a bowl with the mix, nothing like beautiful in a casserole. Right. So I need to know what everyone's eating. And then usually I like the kitchen to be spotless and the table set. Um, this year, what I'm trying is I don't want to deal with dishes at all. So I want to go all paper, but I feel really guilty about the environment. 
my sister showed me there's plates that you can buy there. I think they're bamboo, biodegradable. They're a little more pricey, but that's okay. I figure it'll be like extra Ramadan blessings. That's my charity to the earth. Yes. Um, I want to get a bunch of those so that I can just throw everything in the trash and feel not too bad about it. We're talking about cups, plates, because when I wake up in the morning, so one of my things is that if the kitchen is messy in the morning or if the house is it throws cluttered, you off, it yes. makes me sleepy and it makes me like want to crawl back into bed. So I get evil when there's clutter. Yes. <laughs> so um, I just want to make sure that everything can just be thrown away as much as possible. You know, maybe not for the whole 30 days, maybe not for iftars, but you know, on days that are especially hard, we need to break out the bamboo. What I'm doing, because I do outsource everything, I'm literally <laughs> getting somebody to come every day for an hour. Okay. Oh, what nice. What is she going to do? And just do the quick cleanup in the mornings so that I can't, because my goal is to be, because what happens is, and I don't know if this is the way it is for you guys, but I feel like because I'm so focused on the food, which is so bizarro considering we're supposed to be fasting that I like, so my prayers will get a little bit like late or I'm not doing anything extra. Right. Cause I'm just in survival mode and trying to feed people. And honestly, on some levels, I don't think that that's fair because everybody else, because I'm serving them and I'm getting things ready for them. They get to do what they need to do. Yeah. Right. Plus more. Whereas I'm plus more. Whereas I'm like, and granted, I've, I've heard stories that they're like, you know, the fact that you're taking care of your family is also part of the blessings of Ramadan. It's worship. Like, it's worship. It's considered. It, it is a considered a worship. But, you know, some part of me, too, is like, OK, I'd like to go and do the extra prayers. Okay, so Zeva, let's talk for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. OK, I know what you're like. You're you're perfect. You're the perfect mom. Okay? <laughs> so no, silly. Let's. <laughs> What is your thing that's going to drive you crazy? For me, it's going to be like if things are messy. Yes. I've gotten weird in my old age and everyone's yes. afraid of me. That's so, so funny. You can totally tell that I'm evil if I come down and there's stuff on the counters. I'll be like, who does this belong to? I, I, I can hear myself that I'm annoying other people, but that's my thing. You can't right? stop it. Yeah. So your food prep, is it different than the rest of the year or are you going overboard on everything? Like, okay, everything's got to be clean. The yes. food has to be like Pinterest worthy. Yes, yes, oh, exactly. No, no, not no. I'm no. Just like, okay, you know what I'm no. trying to do? So like I found some, like I'm like trying to ahead of time get somebody to make the, so I used to be like, oh, I'm going to make all the samosas and okay. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, Now I'm like, I'm not. If I have to outsource stuff and, and then what happens is it's a, you know, content, becomes a little bit contentious in my household and I'm just, and so my husband is like, babe, do what you have to do. So that you have sanity exactly. and I just get it done. Yeah. Quite frankly, it's, I, sometimes I don't want to cook from scratch. I want to take out some frozen kebabs. I know that that's homemade healthy, fry them <laughs> up and put some fruit on the table and be like, this is dinner. It doesn't have to be elaborate. Right. So anything you can do, the more that you can do before Ramadan is here, the better. Once Ramadan comes, you need to like let go of some stuff. Uh, that I do. I agree with that. And 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 maybe we get the, a psycho, psychological person on here to be like, how do you <laughs> actually let go? Because that is that is my big thing. I like to be in control. Anyone that knows me knows yeah. that every little detail. And if it's one thing doesn't work out, I feel like okay, it's it's a disaster, and it doesn't have to be. I totally get that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's like that's a mindset my, thing. Yeah, it's a total so mindset. Here's thing. a suggestion: since our kids are a little bit older, like we have some of the older kids Zeba, is that what I like to do is like talk to them because look 
I'm not going to tell them, oh, it's going to be easy. Like, it's not, it's not easy it's for not. me. It's not exactly. For you can't lie so to them. I'll say, what are you most worried about? So for some people, it's like thirst. Some people yes. it's sleep. Some people it's whatever, like homework or not having enough time to do things. I will ask each one, what is it that you're worried about? And what can we do to make that easier for you? Um, like for me, you know what you say, but you probably do you have somebody come to clean the house. Yes. Okay. So your house will be clean. Maybe get them to come more often. Yes. Like you said, um, I, we have a huge, huge amount of laundry in this house. Cause there's with seven kids. I can't even imagine. Well, <laughs> seven minus ones in college. One of my stepdaughters lives with her mom. Yeah. So five kids, but two adults. So it's seven people. Exactly. I make sure all the closets are purged before Ramadan. And then just, I feel like, I don't know if it's psychological. If it feels and looks and seems different in the house, it's easier for me and the kids to get in the Ramadan spirit or like feel that extra energy that you're supposed to get. So for us, what I'll do is it will be spotless. Okay. Um, I'll make sure everything's clean not cluttered before Ramadan starts. That's a great point, right? Like managing your own one. It's prepping ahead of time. What can you do ahead of time? Right. Let's purge. It's a great way to give to charity at this time of the year. Right. Let's get all of that stuff out. Prep ahead of time. Like what can we do ahead of time that we don't want to do during the month? And three, changing the mindset. Like you have to adjust and alter your mindset because it's, you are out of your routine for 30 days. And I feel like, you know, whatever you can do to your home so that it signals that, you know, we're in this very special spiritual month where everything might not be perfect with the dunya, but like, we're going to try hardest to like be patient and not be hangry and not like snap because that's really hard. It's like, the perfect setting to snap at people. Um, no, really. Like literally no sleep, no food. And my daughter, you, anybody that knows my daughter, she will call you out. Like she was just, oh she's like, gosh. you're supposed to be calm so annoying. and you're supposed to be spiritual <laughs> and you're being the, no, she really is. And I love her to death because it is a great reminder. She goes, why you're more evil and more evil, by the way, not I'm evil. I'm more evil during Ramadan, apparently, than I am the rest of the year. And I'm like, I love that. Thank you. What do you guys do to make Ramadan special? Like, how do you start setting the tone? It starts right away because when you, everybody wakes up to eat at Suhoor, like, you know, we don't usually get to eat together. It's really sad. I have to admit it, but I just let that go because family hard. dinner, it doesn't happen. It's too hard. One of mine comes back from track and he's starving the other one after school she acts like she's gonna die if she doesn't eat dinner right away so everyone's kind of just eating on their own but this is like the one time where we can get all the kids to come to the table at the same time because there's no excuse exactly and it's a set time right like you got to eat by this time so let's all be together yeah and then you know some I think it's a good idea to I know people there's different schools of thought like some people don't like to ha go to a lot of iftars because they're like it'll get in the way of my worship i I think it's nice to have that sense of community make it a potluck if you have to don't like go crazy or order the food whatever you need to do it also each one of those weekends marks one week passing I always think of Ramadan <laughs> as down. Like four weekends four weekends exactly yeah um last year I did not go anywhere because the baby was very young this year 
I'll try to go on the weekend. Sometimes, like, I'll drop the boys off. They still have friends that are there. Um, they do fun things there, too. Like, they'll give out donuts and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, we're just trying to get through it and try to get some rewards from it. I remember when I was younger, if I would be, like, really you know, like I was fasting and I was hungry and I was like, oh, I can't make it. But my mom would be like very upbeat and she'd be like in the kitchen and she'd be like preparing food and I was like, <laughs> hearing the sounds while I was passed out on my bed. And Did your you mom know. come and wake you up at like usher time and be like, you can't fast or sleep all day during a fast. That right, negates the entire fast. Counts. Get up for your prayers. <laughs> I think I said that myself. I try to like put on, we have like a, you know, some people have like an intercom system, but we just have like a CD player in the kitchen. I'll put on some Quran Quran. In the back to ward oh off my, gosh, my own evil spirits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have to cleanse yourself. <laughs> but we've gone, we've gotten more simple with um, food and it's actually helped because, you know, on the weekends or if the samosa is already pre-made and you just fry them, that's easy. But I don't even want leftovers, honestly. I'm just like, let's just... We're also hungry. We'll eat anything. That's my next question. What have you guys adopted from your childhood? Like, what are the things that you are your go-to foods that you did carry over from when you were a kid and opening fast with our own parents? And what have you done away with? Um, well, I kind of want to offer uh, a couple of traditions from my household and with us growing up, it was like huge sahur. Like I'm talking, my father required it to be like five courses in the morning plus a dessert. And my mom is literally um, making paratas for each person. And for those who don't, don't know, that is a fried bread. She would have to make the dough at night and then get up in the morning. And then my mom would make us each eat two, by the way, because she was like, you'll die. You'll die if you don't eat this fried bread because you can't fast. And then at one point, y'all, we had 22 people living in our house. And she oh, made paratas, at least two for every single person. And you know what she ate at the end? She ate a piece of toast. And that's how oh. I knew Ramadan was all about the mom. It should have been all about the mom, but instead she shouldered this burden. And so that was one of the things that I, you know, that was a tradition in our house for better or for worse. And then again, at iftar time, I mean, the woman was back in the kitchen preparing like a five to six course iftar before another meal. So we had like all this food to eat before iftar or before the dinner. And we would sluggishly go pray Maghrib, like super late because now we're so overstuffed. So we'd pray Maghrib and then we'd go back and eat like a full dinner. So it was all about food. Wait, how could you even eat that? We did. We did it because she would stand over us with a wooden spoon and be like, I just cooked all this crap. You're You're eating eating it. You know, and we just did, you know, because Ramadan became about the food. And so a couple of years ago, we just kind of adopted the whole attitude of we will not go to any social iftars. We will always have iftar at the masjid. So for me, you know, I'm a very B plus personality. I don't really care if my house is cluttered. Um, that doesn't bother me. But then if I'm not, you know, feeding anybody in the house, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't get very cluttered in Ramadan. We do it every single night at the masjid. So that has been really great for my B plus personality. That's awesome. That sounds yeah. awesome. And it's so I remember fun. growing up, that's what we used to do. Um, I actually lived in New Jersey for a while. Um, we on the weekends at least, every it was rotating families. We would get to see all our friends. It was really like the highlight of the year. Everybody had like a 
cool outfit to wear um, on the floor. You know, we would just put the the mats out and everybody would eat. And that was, yeah, we would cry if we didn't get to go. Right? Um, See, we didn't grow up like that because my parents had this back home mentality of if you go to the masjid to eat, you must be poor. And I'm like, Oh, that's well, interesting. I never thought about yeah. that before. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, you only only poor people go to the masjid to eat. I'm like, I, I'm, then I'm poor. I am very poor. I am poor of faith. <laughs> I am poor of Iman. I need to go. And I need to be with my brothers and sisters and, you know, and it's mom time. You know, the moms kind of get together and share notes on, you know, what worked for their kids um, that fast day, um, how hard it was for their fast or how easy it was, and then tips and tricks on what you can do for Sahur. So one of the ways that I've convinced my children to fast at least until Zohar time is I promise them, okay, well, after Isha, after Tarawiyah, when we go home, if you will go to sleep and then wake up with me for Sahur, I will take you to IHOP for breakfast. That is something else that they really love oh, um, yes. so we go to IHOP we do like the gross breakfast there and then we'll go to the masjid and pray Fajr uh, with the boys so that's something really nice that they like but for the people that have like the older kids like what do you do now you can't do that you can't I mean I have driven my um, son and his friends to IHOP yes. I've been really cranky about it yes. yeah they have this year I don't know about you Zeba but um, I think last year there was only one or two fasting days with school. Yeah, here it's going to be the entire month. It's going to be a lot, yeah. Um, here it's going to be the month and it's going to be finals. And They can't do that. My um, One of my sons, he goes to school three days a week at 5.45 a.m. and comes home at 5.30 because he has something called Animal Farm, which is like a football thing in the morning. Okay, they like work out till 730 and then he has track after school and he doesn't think that he needs to change that while he's fasting. So oh my that's gosh. giving me like a lot of because I said, you know, I can talk to the coach or you can talk to the coach. And he's like, no, I'm I'm totally fine. And we actually watched that Fordson documentary the other day because yeah. he wanted to like get into the spirit. But, um, you know, anything you can talk like one tip for. People who have school-age children fasting is if you feel like their teachers need to know or if there's some accommodation that needs to be made. Other moms, if if you go to a school that has other Muslims, other moms might be thinking the same thing and there's support in numbers. So, Well, we, well we've been really lucky with our school system. Like there were certain exams that were major exams that happened to fall during, obviously, um, Ramadan that they offered people to take it either before Ramadan, which obviously then they're losing two weeks of extra prep, or they could take it after Ramadan. Because it's hard to take some of these longer tests when you've been fasting for like 12, 13 hours. You know what I mean? Because by the time they're taking the test. I think in our school, they had um, the option you could take it first yes. thing in the morning rather yes. than the afternoon. Or Yeah, there's always something that can be done. Um, there's always something that can be done. And to, be, to, and, uh, to your point, being an advocate for your child and, and having them learn to be an advocate for themselves, right? Because we, we, are in a we are in a non-Muslim country. Obviously, they're not doing these types of things in Muslim countries. I mean, I never lived there. But my understanding is the whole month is a little bit adjusted for everybody. Whereas here, it's not the case. You're living your exact everyday life Plus, you have this additional thing that you're having to do, right? So you do have to be an advocate for yourself and um, talk to them about accommodations. I feel because I, I don't. My brain stops working 
around one or two in the afternoon. Like I physically, I cannot think anymore after that. And I think in a situation where I don't have to, right? Like it's more physical. I just have to get through the day, but I couldn't imagine right now with the days being as long as it is having to take like a four hour test or whatever the case may be. Challenge. And then you have their activities, right? Nobody cares that you're fasting. <laughs> like no person that's not fasting cares. They're like, kind of like, okay, well get it done. But, so that's been my challenge. Um, and by the way, keeping them motivated and keeping them excited. But this year is going to be much more difficult. One idea I'm playing around with, which I used to do, I remember when I was a teenager, is there'd be some days where the sleep deprivation would just be catching up like every third day. And my mom would say, how about you just eat like a really big meal at around midnight? This wouldn't work <laughs> for my metabolism anymore, but like back then it was okay. <laughs> so I would eat like a barata, just like as my mom used to make. Um, so we eat all of that. And then in the morning I would just get up to pray and drink water and go straight back to bed. I'm thinking of doing that for the kids in school every couple of days. And actually last year that happened a couple of times where one of my kids was just so tired that I just brought them a, sometimes we make these bagel sandwiches, like a bagel with like scrambled eggs and cheese and some sort of like halal bacon or whatever in there. I just brought it up. You just eat it. Yeah, exactly. This was like my 17-year-old did this because he would have so much homework. I would just bring him a plate of scrambled eggs. And then we would just pray upstairs in my bedroom because it was close to everybody and we'd go to sleep. But then there'd be other days where everybody came down and, you know, the more chipper members of our family, my husband is always like very awake, like telling okay. jokes. It's amazing how chipper you can be when you don't have to prep food for nine people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love the husbands in Ramadan. Yeah. I really love my husband because I have to give it to him. The man never grew up eating sahur. Like my in-laws were shocked when I was like, no, we have to get up and we Mm -hmm. have to have baratas and omelets and khima and dal and like, you know, mita barata, like a sweet version of the barata too in the morning. Like that's what you do. And they were like shocked. And my father-in-law sitting there like, I haven't had a barata in like 30 years, Bidad. I'm like, what? (laughs) And my husband's like, dude, I don't do suhoor. So he like humored me like the first three days. And then after that, he's like, no, wake me up for water. So literally for the last 13 years, I give him uh, water, he chugs it, and he like rolls over and sleeps. Well, this is my philosophy. Regardless of how much you eat in the morning, I'm hungry at the same time of the day. Last year, my, I say not youngest son, but my third son, he's he was a seventh grader, was the only kid in the house to keep all 30 of his fasts and not any. I can't believe that. Yeah, can you believe it? And there were days where like the alarm didn't go off. I don't know what happened, but mommy and everybody slept through everything, like through fudger. I'm just admitting it. I put it on my makeup list. And so when the kids woke up, I was like, I know there's just no way you can fast today. I mean, I'm going to leave it up to you, you know, but we do have to make it up. We'll make it up together. And he was like, no, because I'm not going to make it up later. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'd be like, can you I felt bad. I was telling him to skip his fast and he wouldn't. Um, oh, Adam. I'm so proud of him. That's amazing. But he, he was just totally fine with it. And it's amazing what the kids can do when they put their mind to it. Um, my second son likes to eat. 
This is the one that, you know, sat in your lap. Who sat on my lap. That's how I knew was sitting down and eating out of your plate. And started eating out of my plate. I was like, always hungry. cute, but who is is this eating out of my plate? Two dinners a night, okay? Every night. There's dinner and then there's like, what am I going to eat later when I'm hungry? Exactly. But during Ramadan, it's like they get into this zone. I think it's because they've been doing it for a while. And it's nice. I think, you know, all in all, it brings the family together, even if it is just everyone has to eat at the same time. That actually, um, you know, makes like a big difference in the vibe of the house. And so, you know, we got to like look at those positives that, yeah, we're going to be cranky and we're going to be sleepy, but we're all in it together and for a bigger purpose. And there's the larger Uma, but then there's our family, which is the little microcosm yeah a little but my issue is what you know asking both of you guys like how do you get the kid to stick to the full day of fasting so I think I used a little bit reverse psychology I'll tell you what I did when the kids were younger and Zeba might have a different experience but I always told the kids when they were little we would do something called like a chiria rosa that's like Urdu for like a birdie fast I don't know where that came from but that's the term yeah we call it half day we usually did it for the second half. Like I would tell the little ones like after noon, then you can drink, but you can't eat. And then as I got older, it'd be like, okay, well, you can't drink or eat unless there was an emergency. I would never, yeah, I would never like say, no, you can't if you were like crying in the corner. So what happened is I got pushback because I, that maybe that's how boys are. I've got four boys, just so you know. They would say, well, no, I want to do the whole thing because they saw it was something that the grownups were doing and that it was a sign of not being a quote unquote baby because, you know, baby is a swear word to kids. <laughs> um, so they they would because I didn't like make them do the whole fast. It was something that they felt like, OK, when I do this, it's going to be like a big deal. And I would make it easy. I'd be like, OK, the day that we're doing it now, we're going to stick to it. Let me give you some tips like. I know you don't like to nap because kids just don't like to nap, but like lie down at this time. For us, it always gets really hard at around three o'clock for me personally. At three o'clock, I'm like, I, I don't even know how I'm going to, I need to like go pass out somewhere. But then it, it like clears up that feeling of like hunger. Um, you know, just tell them take a nap. Why don't you go take a shower? Um, you know, just giving them that emotional support, um, you know, what is it that you want to eat? See, that's the, that's where food comes in, Uzma. Like, I'm fine. I would literally just have a date and water and go to sleep because that's all I want during Ramadan. But they get really excited about, oh, can we have like lasagna or can we have this? And so for me, what I'm going to do is just say, tell me this before Ramadan and I will have one frozen in the freezer because I I do not plan to come home and cook. I've been experimenting with my instant pot. I've been experimenting with like a whole bunch of things on like how I can get some good, healthy food that looks like, feels like it's been cooked all day where it just hasn't. So, you know. Some ideas for that is like um, pot pot roast in the crock pot and chili in the crock pot. I love my crock pot. Um, Crock pots are awesome. Any type of meal prep is awesome. We used to roll the samosas with my mom before. Yeah, we used to roll the samosas. Yes. They were called, we didn't, it wasn't really samosas because my mom didn't know how to do that. So we made the petis 
Do you guys know what that is? Oh, <laughs> that's the puff, the, the puff pastry, and you fill it up with oh, like uh, ground so beef. Good. Yeah. So we used to make trays and trays of those, so we could just bust those out for iftar time. Yeah, that used to be. Fun. Yeah, we've got a deep freezer here too. I don't know. Deep to, freezers will save your life. I suggest yes. everybody invest in one. So yeah. Especially for mom. So like, what's our takeaway from today? Prep. Manage expectations. Try to make it fun. And that could be in a variety of ways, whether we're decorating. And save your sanity. Yeah, save your sanity. It's been a pleasure learning from expert mom, Nadia. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I've learned just as much from you. And it's actually just great to talk about all this. It's getting me pumped for Ramadan. Yay. Oh, I'm excited. You're excited. That's fabulous. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Momming While Muslim podcast. We look forward to tuning in next week with y'all. Have a great day. Assalamu alaikum. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Momming While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Mm-hmm.